How's everybody feeling? All right. I got a lot of material to cover in about five minutes. So uh, there are some people that I want to recognize before we get started who are responsible for uh, my wife and I uh, in the jail and prison ministry. Uh, probably some of you do not know, remember or know uh, Brother Carl Robinson. He's passed on now, but Brother Carl uh, let me go with him in the uh, jail in Nashville until he couldn't speak anymore, and he uh, kind of gave me the lead way to do that. And my first um, workshop was in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, I shared a room with Brother Carl, and until he passed, I didn't know the work that he had done in the ministry. I found out later that he had been to the Ivory Coast uh, setting up congregations. It was a whole lot of work uh, that he did in the prison ministry. Also, uh, Brother and Sister Cox uh, in Nashville, some of you probably know them as Papa and Mama Cox right now. Uh, their health is not as well as it used to be, but um, they still talk about the jail and prison ministry. Matter of fact, before I came, I visited with them, and uh, Brother uh, Cox, we talked about some things that how we could improve on the prison ministry. Also, Brother Ron Goodman. Uh, I had the privilege of working with Brother Goodman, uh, taking trips to the state prisons, uh, and he la he's labored for a long time. And also, uh, Brother Thomas Snow. Brother Snow is now the director of the Tennessee uh, Prison uh, Ministry. He's really changed things, turned it around, and I'm thankful to be a part of the Tennessee Prison Outreach Ministry. Uh, like for all of our um, volunteers to stand that came from our congregation. Would you stand? One of the things that we strive to do uh, in this ministry is keep volunteering, recruiting rather, uh, younger people to carry on this ministry because a lot of us are passing away, and if we don't keep recruiting, I believe our ministry will just fade away. So we gotta keep in mind to keep recruiting younger people and teaching them this ministry. Go with me as we approach the throne of God. Holy and righteous Father who art in heaven, we come to you with prayer and thanksgiving. Praying, Heavenly Father, that all the things that we have done thus far has been pleasing and acceptable unto you. Thanksgiving, Father, we thank you first and most of all for the gift of thy son Jesus who gave his life and who has made all things possible in this life, especially eternal life, realizing that we must follow your instructions and do those things which you have commanded us to do. Father, we 
love you, we praise you, we thank you for your grace and for your mercy and for all the things that you have done for us and that you will do for us. Guide us in this study that we might impart thy word to those who know not thee before it's everlasting and eternally too late. This is our prayer we do ask in our son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is a first for us uh, volunteering as a husband and wife team, teaching the incarcerated, teaching God's words as a couple to the incarcerated. Um, my name is Barbara Tubbs. This is my wife, Bobby. Or did I get that wrong? <laughs> uh, we, we, teaching the word of God first starts at home. So um, my wife is going to go over a few fundamentals that we do. Just hold it up. As a husband and wife team. I run the show. <laughs> I take that back. Oh, somebody said she runs said that now. <laughs> we, um, when we started out teaching and working together, we had to figure out how to make it successful for both of us so that when we went into the ministry, into the prisons, that one person was teaching and the other person was the support person. Of course, we wanted to do it like God wanted us to do it. So he's the teacher and I'm the support person. Sometimes we're in classes and we'll have a woman sitting there and she looks like she's about to blow. He's just going, teaching. And I'll either go over and see what's going on with her or talk with, stop him to answer what's going on with this lady. We had a class where the young lady just was angry and he was teaching about forgiveness and getting out and she said, I said, you look like you're very upset. And she looked like she wanted to just speak Brother Tubbs out. So she said, well, every time I go up for probation, the lady comes up and stops me from getting my probation. And I said, well, when you go for probation, is your attitude like it is in here now? Because she had a very nasty attitude. And she said, well, I've asked her to forgive me. I said, Okay, but what else have you said? Why is it that she's scared of you or she won't forget? Because I abused her and I told her I was going to get her when I got out. I said, well, then you answered your own question. But of course, Brother Tubbs didn't notice because he's busy teaching the class. So we had to stop and address her anger and help her to understand that you're not going to get out with that attitude. So my job is basically to stand aside and assist and help him in whatever he needs. He always teaches the class. I just do what I did today. I come in, we get there early, and I pass out to put the paper and the pencils out while he's getting his paperwork together for the class. Most of the time, we teach new life behavior. So in teaching new life behavior at home, it's a lot of work because they get the lessons, they have to do the lessons, then we have to go back and go over what they've done, grade the papers, make comments. So a lot of times we sit down and we talk. Uh, what do you think she was thinking about? How do you answer that so that it's, it, it, it is adequate? 
I went into the system one day and this lady told me she did. Somebody said, this is Brother Tubbs' wife. And the girl said, I don't like him. No, I don't know who he is. She said, oh, you know the man that dressed so nice and smells so good. <laughs> so the girl says, well, I don't like him. So I knew that it was to get me kind of riled. When you go to the prison, you have to watch what you say and how you carry yourself. And she said, well, I just don't like him. I looked at her and I said, well, sometimes I don't like him either, so what did he do to you? <laughs> so that, rather than arguing with her, they said, why would you say something like that? She had asked Brother Tubbs this question. My mom is a minister and I'm dating a girl in here and I want your opinion. And he only gave her scriptures. Well, she wanted to debate him so she couldn't get him to debate, so I guess she was going to bring it on to me. I said, you have to do whatever Brother Tubbs said. I was not in that class. I'm sure he gave you the correct scriptures, and I backed off. But when you go in, you deal with a lot of situations and a lot of problems, and we have to do it when we work together. Together, we have to be on the same accord, and we have, like I said, always sat down and discussed that individual's paper because they all, when we go in, I, we give them a lesson, they have to give us a lesson. So when we bring the lesson home and we're grading that paper and working on that paper, we sit down together and we study that individual. Sometimes we have 10 people in a class, sometimes it's 30. But it doesn't matter, we take the time, we pray first. You see, I had to tell him he forgot, he got so excited, I said, you forgot to pray. Uh, but you have to pray first and then you go from there. And if you let God lead you, you'll do the right thing in the prison ministry with your mate. But we as women have to realize where our positions are. And there's times I want to stop and I want to say something, but I have to remember I'm setting an example for women. They have to have the right mate and follow the right direction with that mate. So I always step back unless I'm asked something and I'm always there just as a helpmate. When he's sick, and he was out for like three or four weeks at one time, I just went in and talked to class because he was not there. And it worked out fine because we were still on the same accord because we still studied. When, when I came home and I brought the papers home, although he couldn't come to the prison, we could still study, he could still give me his opinion. We still wrote notes, he graded the papers, and then when he came back, he just picked up where he left off. Honey. I noticed that um, the pencils, this is part of the things that she does is we uh, arrive early, uh, set all the preps that needs to be done. And somebody asked me, said, well, why aren't these pencils Sharper. Is that part is that part of the class? Yeah, it's part of the class. It's just an example. And we want all these pencils back when we leave here. That's what we have to tell the inmates. Uh, as a volunteer in the prison ministry, uh, we must first be committed to the cause of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that commitment is to save souls through the study and teaching of God's Word. And if we study and teach the way the Bible says, we know that God will give us the increase. Number two, in order, 
in order to teach the word to the incarcerated. Again, we say that teaching the word starts at home, but do you have a desire to teach? That's the next thing. Do you have a real desire to teach God's word? I know that sometimes uh, when we're busy and we can't keep on schedule, we'll ask somebody, well, can you teach this class for me? Yeah, they can teach that class, but do you have a real desire to teach God's word? Some of the things that we talk about is always be on time. Make full use of the time that's, that has been allotted to you. Arrive 20 to 25 minutes early so that you can allow for setbacks such as guard changes. I know a lot of times we'll be running and we'll get there just in the nick of time, but they're changing the guards and we find ourselves about 25 or 30 minutes out getting into where we're supposed to be. So always try to make it on time early enough. I know you don't like to go 30 minutes early, but it's for the best. Uh, sometimes the ladies may have the wrong clothing on. And when you do that, you get sent back. And then that'll leave you by yourself. So we need to guard against things like that. 2 Timothy 2 and 15, it tells us to study to show ourselves approved unto God. Next question is, do you have the patience to deal with the surrounding that's the, that the ministry calls for? A lot of times people don't have patience when they change uh, the rules. When you get ready to check in, it may be a new guard there. He goes strictly or she goes strictly by the book. Things that you used to do, you can't do them because you've got somebody new that's facing you. And sometimes we just don't have the patience that we need and we get upset. Some of us, we get upset with the administration and it causes problems for other people that come behind us, it really does. And if we don't have the patience that we need, some of us quit. I'm not going out there anymore. I don't wanna do this anymore. There are three factors that we need not only to teach the incarcerated, but when each one of us, when we said that we believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, that was our commitment to Him for life. Some people are not committed as well as others, but the three factors that we need in order to do this ministry as well as God's work. Number one, we have to have commitment. We must be committed. Number two, we must have the desire to preach and teach the word of God. And number three, above all, we must have that patience. There are a couple of things that we want to 
have an open discussion about and we want participation from you. On your handout, it says, what happens to those who are released? Do we have a good follow-up program? And if so, is the church involved? Okay, let's get some input. What happens to those who are released? And do we have a good follow-up program? And if we do, is the church involved? Well, Bobby, I can comment on some of that because we experienced that. Uh, when I worship it, we do not have a follow-up or re-entry program per se. However, we are partnering with another congregation who do have one, not very far away. But if you don't have some kind of program, what I mean by program, some way they didn't, the people who've been released called citizens have some way to obtain those resources that they need, you're going to have recidivism on that person. Okay. okay. That's what's going to happen. They're going to go commit some other crime in order to meet their needs if they're not met by somebody that needs some help. Uh, that's, that's just a reality, you know. But uh, the, the people who are next to us in another congregation not far away, uh, they have houses that we're going to partner and use with people who have been released that we know are members of the Church of Christ too. However, they use the houses for anyone in the city who's been released too. But uh, we all work with that. So if they don't have some kind of help to meet those needs, they're going to wind up probably back in prison, back in jail, or in some kind of trouble. And, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, before someone asks, else answers, at Jackson Street, uh, with the ladies, we have a program called Sister Prayer Pals. And our Sister Prayer Pal groups, we have some of the ladies in our group that do a pen pals with some of the ladies. That's a, a way of helping also because they write them letters, they do things to encourage them. So we've got our pen pals in another program <coughs> that help, it's there at the Church of Christ at Jackson Street, but it's a pen pal program. And we give them the names of the ladies that they can write. I sit down and talk to them about what they can and cannot talk about and what we can and cannot address, the fact that they can't send them anything, things like that, and let them know. I even provide the stamps. I don't even ask the congregation for the stamps. If they need birthday cards or something like that, I provide the cards. That's just something that I feel like needs to be done that keeps that person knowing that there's somebody on the outside that cares. We also invite those persons when they get out to come to Jackson Street. We have quite a few that come that our members don't know that they are incarcerated, have been incarcerated. They'll meet me at the door, Sister Liddell or Brother Tubb, they'll let us know that they're coming, and even Sister Terrell. And we will meet them, they sit with us, with them, because I'm in the nursery. But they sit with them, they visit, we take them out to dinner, we do things to kind of help them to get back started, know that they are loved, and invite them back to Jackson Street. Sometimes we have to go and visit them two or three times, and a lot of times they don't necessarily come to our congregation, but we get them in a congregation somewhere near us. Yes, ma'am. Do you uh, ever let them come to your house, or do you visit them other places? Because, no, 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 we were taught years ago not to take anybody home with you. 
So no, ma'am, we don't. We'll take them out somewhere for dinner. Uh, we've had them to call and say, I need a ride. Uh, I need this, that, and that's okay because we give them our cell phone numbers. We don't have a problem with that. Uh, but as far as giving our address, now your addresses are not hid anyway. All they got to do is pull it up. But no, to answer your question, we never take anybody home with us. Anybody else? Okay. Now you were referring to, I don't know what you call them, they call them inmates, but people who drive. Have been released when you go into the work, you call them, right? The, that, but their pen pal, we do, they're still incarcerated. See, that varies from state to state. I know in the state of, the state of Kansas, Missouri, if we do that, we're in violation of the facilities policy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, have, we can't, um, the state guidelines are, for example, I go into state penitentiaries. My wife is going in other penitentiaries in the same state. Mm -hmm. And we're not allowed to do that as volunteers. We can't write them. Now, they can write. This is they church. Right it's not there. Come, it doesn't come to our home. No, I'm saying I'm just saying. Okay. Mostly, yeah. Some of that restriction. They can write there. Mm -hmm. I can't get the letter and read it, but the secretary or office manager can tell me about it. Okay. Then I can respond that way. But mm -hmm. I can't write them. Members working me in the prison, they can't write them. Okay. So some of that restriction. I do understand what you're saying on that. Though. It's just. It. It's just. Most of the times, it's cards. We don't forget their birthdays, uh, things like that. I may go in and see someone they had death in their family, and I'll say, well, so-and-so had a death in her family. They'll send her a card, and on the card, they'll put a little note, you know, we're praying for you or something like that. But we never get personal, personal. Okay, anyone else? I'd like yes. to make a comment. Okay. Uh, when we go to the prison and people are released, Yes, we give them access to come to Jackson Street. But I think as a whole, we are just a little bit lax because the average person that sees somebody come to Jackson Street or any church, they know they just got a we never prison. Tell. Mm -hmm. If they did know it, if we told them, say, hey, look, you just got out of prison, they might scoot over. And that's a little bit lax on us because we we're to forget like Brother Green said this morning, we all have skeleton in our car, mm -hmm. and thank God that we don't measure sins. Right. Because it is a sin for us to know to do good and do it not. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is I think we need to elevate ourselves more in receiving those people when they come out than do we do. I think we relax on that, even to myself. I think that goes back to educating your congregation. Okay. Right. But they have to be receptive. Right. You know, we got 30-something people working in the prison ministry. They work, but we don't have 100% support as far as <coughs> saying everybody in our congregation would be supportive of that. Right. So when those individuals come, that's the reason why we don't go out and say, okay, so, so this, this person is coming and she's sister in the church because she got baptized. It would be wonderful if we could get everybody at church to surround that person and welcome that person and make them feel at home. That doesn't happen. So I understand what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, uh, Barbara, I know, Bobby, I know this too, because I tell my girls, do not go to church to go in and stay in the incarceration. Right. Do not go to a church that's going to try to shun you when they find out that you've been incarcerated. These ladies and men, 
and I know we got quite a few of them at Trinity Lane. And there are some people there that don't like the idea of it. You know, we have sex offenders in our congregation. But the, and Thomas is going to talk about that in one of his classes tomorrow. But um, the, congregation, the congregation is also there to understand. If you have a prison ministry like we all do, the death ministry, they have to understand these people are going to change. Mm -hmm. God, uh, Jesus Christ didn't shun people away from him because they did something bad. But some people are afraid of, oh my God, I just heard, oh no, she's looking at my husband. This is the mentality that we have in the church. They have to understand they are forgiven by Christ, first of all, mm -hmm. and baptized. But the most important thing is they need love. Okay. That again goes back to educating, um, educating your congregation, and they have to be open to wanting to be educated. You can talk to them and you can work with them, but you can't force. You cannot force. No. Okay, it's been a while back, but uh, I kindly uh, introduced someone at our congregation. Like I say, it's been a while, and. Uh, I told him, I said, well, today we have a distinguished guest. I said, he's a mass murderer. And like I was talking about, man, you, you could just see people, you know. He's, and I said, my brother Paul, they, oh, they was relieved when I, when I talked to him about that. Okay, the next thing we got for open discussion, what happens after baptism? What happens after baptism? In the prisons, what happens? They don't get to make the volunteers on Sundays. We don't give them no special attention. Right. You know, uh, we think that we're too busy doing do other things and other than spend more time with them like we should. And they're kind of like put on the back burner, mm -hmm. and that's sad. Okay, before before we came, huh? Ask them how do we correct that? All of y'all in here working in the prisons. How do we how do we correct that? Well, we don't have that problem with y'all, but we get the reports. It's just like a person being baptized that's not even in prison. You baptize them, teach them, you baptize them. You don't drop them. I mean, you don't uh, lay them have a child and no they nurse the child. They're going to be, they need to be nursed and, and embraced. You don't get rid of them because you do. They're going to be, you break them in one door and they out the next if you mm -hmm. do that. Uh, what can happen if you don't get them some kind of work with them with stability, teach them further as you teach them, stay, right. the person baptizes them, stay with the person. Don't just drop them. I had a problem. I teach the recovery class. I was telling the class, listen, you baptize these people, bring them down to the class with you. You come sit with them. Mm -hmm. Don't say, well, I baptized me in the church. I'm going about my business. Well, it's like throwing the <coughs> child out to the wolves. You know? Yeah. So, they got to have that support and direction and guidance by the one who taught them or those who taught them, so they believe with that faith. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, no, you're okay. You're okay. Uh, my name is Eddie Harris. I'm from Texas, from Lubbock, Texas. Uh, I just had a baptism Sunday. We baptized 10 people. What I do Amen. is because, because I, I work 
as a certified volunteer chaplain for the state of Texas. Okay. So I'm working both areas. I'm working as a volunteer, but I'm actually working in the shoes of the chaplain. The only thing I don't do is sign death certificates. Okay. But I do everything else. But I actually like sat like Sunday we just had ten that confessed they they are automatically put into our classes. And I teach the New York behavior classes out there. Uh, and we are, mm -hmm. we also have the correspondence with the World Bible. Mm -hmm. We have those. I have um, ten volunteers that work closely with me, and we go into the jail as well as the prison. But okay. we have twenty five volunteers that actually does correspondence, and that way we're kind of keeping everybody engaged. At the same time, when a person getting ready to leave. We try to find a church in that area and make sure a representative or a director is notified there that can plug him in. I think okay. one of the most important things is keeping that person <coughs> active there and let God change their mind, as well as uh, getting them and get prepared and engaged once they get out mm -hmm. in a church home. All right. You got 25, we got three. Correspondence really? writers, so we're going to work on that, okay. Brother, Brother Crowder. Okay. Brother and Sister Tubbs are members of the Church of Christ in Jackson Street where I'm a minister and there's a number in here who are also in the prison ministry and they do an excellent job. That's one of the, that's the best ministry that we have in the congregation. But it was already said, this brother just said it. You have to get them involved. Once they're baptized, they must get involved. They must get into one of the ministries and must also serve in the congregation. Yes. Whatever, whatever they can do in the congregation, they've got to start doing. You don't really, you're not really a part of something until you get involved. Well, we're talking about why they're incarcerated. While they're incarcerated? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, we got three time, people, like I said, exactly. They keep ministering within, just like they do in the congregation. Yes, they get involved. Uh, but the thing about that is that you only got certain times to go in. You can only got right. The programs are so tight. Right. And the conditions are so unfair. You cannot go in there to visit classes. You can't go in there just to hold a class because you want to hold that class. There is so much going on at at times. <laughs> That's my name. Brother, brother. No, his hands was up. Oh, okay. okay, all right. But go ahead. As we go to prison each, well, on the Sundays that we go, they have the opportunity to come down. Now, okay. we only get to go one Sunday a month because of the fact of what you just said. Okay. They have reg rules and regulations at the prison that we have to abide by. Or we can't go. Uh, right, or we can't go. So we don't want to mess that situation up and not see. We were going more. I think we were going twice a month. 
And just because we had so many different churches coming in, they cut us back to once a month. Was that CCA? Which one was that? CDC. Was CDC. 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 Uh -huh. So by them cutting us back, we have less opportunity to go in and minister to them. So after, after that happens, How much so time? we can't do it, we can't make them do but it. See, the thing about it is, let me say this and we'll stop bothering you longer. The thing about it is, if people that are new volunteers, people have got to understand there's more to do than being originally there. Right. We need to get congregations involved once they get out of prison. These people need more mentors mm -hmm. coming out of prison than they do while they're in jail. Okay. All right. We have a kind of a unique situation in Rutherford County where they just started uh, an adopted pod program, mm -hmm. and uh, what they what they allow you to do is you're responsible for a pod of people. Okay. So you go in and we teach the new life behavior, whatever lessons are being taught, and we go back on Friday, okay. not teach, but minister to people's needs, like Fred lost his mother, or somebody needs somebody to talk to, and that's something that the facility has implemented. Okay, now to answer your, your question, that's cutting you off, we can't do that. They won't allow us to go back. For, for now. Okay, well, okay. but I'm saying right now, yeah, that, okay. If we introduce those and try to keep up, I'll keep you informed. Okay. And how successful it is, it may be something that can be duplicated. Okay. The only difference is, uh, I don't know the difference between a penitentiary and the jail. This is a jail, it's not a penitentiary. No, there's a difference. We, we do both, but we work in penitentiary now, so that's a whole different. <laughs> so you don't have different Yeah, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the question said, what do you do after you're baptized in the prison? What we do Okay, are you talking men or women? I'm talking men. Okay, see, I'm talking women, you talking men. So we got men there, the men have to run the, do everything. We can't, they don't allow the women to do that. Okay, yeah, well, I don't think, we're, we're strictly men. But, uh -huh. but we do give them, get them involved, and then we, we ask them to, to invite other people on the compound to come to serve. Now, Brother Tubbs and them do that, and I don't know if the men get involved, involved, but they do have the men to invite other people and work with them, but, uh, I can't speak for the men. I'm only with the women. Okay, I got one more thing that we want to want to try to discuss, and all the things that you just hit on is coming to this very thing that uh, Brother Cox and I had talked about. When we go in uh, some of the institutions, we go in for a worship service. We have worship service, and then we're gone. And uh, fortunately for us. We have two teams. The next month, our next team goes in. But when we come back, we see the same people there. And the sermon that I talked about last was, know where you are spiritually. So we start asking questions. We had about, I think, six people on the front row and maybe a couple out there. And so we're just going around the room. How was, you know, how was you brought up? Where are you now? And the lady says, well, I'm a member of a Christian church, but I'm getting ready to uh, go to this 
Baptist church. I said, okay. And on around the room, I'm a, a Catholic, and I'm this, and I'm that. And who baptized you? Come to find out, Brother Snow had baptized about seven, eight women. They're sitting there, and they don't know who they belong to because they think that one church is just as good as another. And my thing is, we don't, I don't believe that we have a planned program in place to teach them. That's a big problem. When you, have, when you, when you teach the word and they don't know that they are part of the body of Christ. Does anybody have a, have a program in mind? Uh, I mean, a program that's set to teach them? Should we go in and hold a service for 15 minutes? and take the rest of the time to teach? Is that feasible? Can somebody comment on that? Because we're, lo we're losing. Hey, oh, it's it's ways around that. Believe me. Hmm. Okay. Do we have a planned program in place to teach those people who have been baptized? They they don't they think once that we teach them and baptize them into the body of Christ, wherever they came from. They're still affiliated with that. They, we haven't taught them. Well, my plan is this. Uh, when I go in and I teach, I teach them that they're in the body of Christ. I invite them to come to our congregation to be further taught. Okay, yeah, but I'm talking about the ones that remain there. They're still there. I ain't talking about the ones that are released. We're talking about the ones that we go see over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and to answer that question about the call out, when we get there, they say, Church of Christ, Church of Christ, but we have everybody that still gets up and come in there. But that when we come in, they announce Church of Christ. They do not lie with you. You're not on that Church of Christ call out. You don't come in that uh -uh. class. Well, they do in ours. Sister yeah. Crowder. Okay, I think it's just um, the new line of material. Uh-huh. If we're not giving it to 365 or 500 inmates, we cannot give it to one. Wow. That's like when I put these pencils yeah. out, when I get ready yeah. to leave the prison, I pick up all these pencils. You can't leave anything. No, ma'am. No, we can't leave anything. If you leave something for one person, you have to leave it for everybody. Everybody. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. When I go in, I count my pencils when I get ready to go out. <laughs> because if I leave a pencil, I'm, okay. I'm not there the next time. There they said pick up everything you take in. If I'm going to give somebody that package like you give the church, I've got to give that package to everybody that's in talk away. I'm not even saying about a package. I'm saying like a, a pamphlet. It doesn't matter. But I'm saying, but that's where we become responsible as Christians. Uh -huh. Those are not going into the prison. That's what our money's going to be allocated. Well, again, limited, when, uh, right, I understand what you're Something small like now that I am a Christian, yeah. this is just put in somebody's hands so they can read. We can't. We, can't. we can send them. That's why we got uh, people that do the three ladies that do the correspondence for us. So they can send, send them. We can send them certain things. Certain things we cannot send. Tennessee will stop us. We've been stopped with a lot of things. We cannot even mention the Church of Christ. Okay, I'm through. I'm through. I'm through. <laughs> uh huh. Go ahead. We did. Go ahead, bro. What'd you say? No, that's what I was just saying a while ago. We had stopped doing it. They stopped it. Yeah. And we, we stopped. We supposed to leave nothing behind. Nothing right. Well, the only thing I say, God's blessing us in Missouri. We can go in there. They cannot tell us what to teach. Uh-uh. Uh, they can't tell us how to teach. Wish, we wish. Although they on the facilities, and they, they told in our training, well, y'all can't teach baptism on this, and this, that, and the other. And then after a while, the church said, well, that's fine. Just, just teach you. That's the way you got to do things. Well, he okay? just said, there's I a way he baptism. does it. I don't have to come out. Well, if you get baptized, you're going to heaven. You can't teach you that. No, no, right. no, no. There's no. no. Okay. Right. Now, you got to use different methods to get God's word over. You don't change the word compromise. You got to be proactive. Mm -hmm. Or you will. So anyway. Okay. Our time is up. We'd like to thank each and everybody for coming to the class. I hope and pray that we've said something that will help somebody along the way. Good job. Well, good job.